gets here. Walks across the dead ball line. Now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes. Changes direction. This is rugby league, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans. And still on for Manley. Away from Hess. Kicks in field. Look who's there. Tom. I'm happy with it. Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Morgan's Choice SCW. I'm your host, Tim Williams. Big edition of the show today, the second episode of the podcast for the 2023 preseason. A couple of very exciting guests on today, and I'll start with the bloke who is making his studio debut. The lights, the camera, they're all in front of him, but it's uh, an SC Playbook regular 2019 champion, Desi Creek. Desi, welcome to the studio, mate. Cheers, Timmy. Good to be here, yeah. How's the, uh, how's the off-season trade yet? Oh, it was a big one. It was my biggest yeah. one yet. Um, yeah, probably been drinking a bit too much, so you're going to get a bit of a half-drunk jazz today. But that, that's all right, mate. It's, a, we, it's uh, okay. Yeah. We, we expect nothing less, Desi, so it's good to have you here, mate. Uh, and also with us, very special guest to the SC Playbook podcast. Uh, I suppose you'd nearly, nearly call him my old boss just about. It's uh, the, the, the initial... The OG guru of NRL Supercoach, Tommy Sangster. Tommy, how Great are you? Great to be here, Tim. Good to be on, man. Yeah, so we've got Tommy here. So for context, when I worked at the Daily Telegraph for, for five years there, sat next to Tommy. Tommy uh, basically taught me everything I know. I think to this day, when I started doing podcasts with you, my intro is the exact same as the way you do yours because I'm like, I didn't know any different. I was just this uh, wide-eyed little kid from the bush and uh, sort of learned everything from you, mate. No, we sat next to each other for years, didn't we? So mm. we had a good thing going on there for a while. Wilson Smith moved in there recently, yeah. so I'm trying to groom him now. Yeah, slotted into my role and uh, taken on that. Uh, can't wait to talk to you, Tommy, about Supercoach this season. Also with us today, Maddie the Waterboy. Maddie, uh, have you fit Latrell Mitchell into your team yet? Have you even looked at Supercoach? I'm guessing probably not. No, I haven't looked at it yet, but uh, I'll definitely be getting Latrell in there. And uh, <laughs> I, came, I came in my South shirt today, and I think th- those that will make up a majority of my team this year. The bunnies, I have a feeling, have an early buy this season, and I can just, there's not a chance you're going to be prepared for it. You're going to have, have about nine bunnies in your team. You're going to get to that week, see that you've got four players on the field and stop playing. To be honest, I actually probably would, would rather not go South because when I'm watching South play, I'd rather just worry about the the team instead of yeah. like oh fuck if i'm playing the roosters and manu scores and i got well teddy scores i got teddy or something like, oh at least I got him my team i don't, don't want to think like that so maybe i'll just avoid avoid south altogether and yeah. just completely wipe from my mind and the other seven games i can focus on Supercoach. mate i think we can all get that i did that for the last 10 rounds of last season with joe tappany for the raids and watching him just carve up and not owning him just going you know, as a Raiders fan, you're stoked, but just part of you is so, oh, just, it hurts that little bit. Uh, anyway, on today's show, we're going to chat to Tommy about Supercoach this season, the changes that have come up in the game, uh, a little bit of his history in Supercoach, getting into the first of our squad previews for the season. Today, we do the Panthers, the Raiders, the Seagulls, and the Dragons, before ripping into a few listener questions to wrap it up. Uh, SC Playbook, what's in store for 2023? Touched on it last week, but we are live on YouTube, obviously, from the bloke in a bar studio, so go to SC Playbook on YouTube and subscribe to the channel. You can obviously watch the show there. Uh, on that channel, we'll also have clips from the Bloke in a Bar podcast, clips from Beers and Break Evans with the Rugby League Guru. Also on TikTok this season, the first of our articles are on site at scplaybook.com.au. You can also, for any AFL fans out there, go and follow SC Playbook AFL. The boys over there are doing some great stuff replicating the NRL side of the, uh, the website. 
Guys, also a last thing, the sponsorship opportunity this season. If you did want to get on board with SC Playbook this season, flick us an email at supercoachplaybook at gmail.com, supercoach, all one word, uh, to chat a little bit more about that in detail about what we have to offer. Tommy, let's get into you, mate. Uh, and the first thing I want to know, I got a lot of questions coming about you and your history in Supercoach. And the first one, how did you land the Supercoach gig over at News Corp? fair while ago now it was a long time ago yeah i was i was a cricket player playing grade cricket in sydney with guys like trent copeland who yeah. a lot of super coach players will know moses henriquez those sort of fellas and um I, I was playing cricket and got a job covering the ashes for the 0506 series Tough which dude. is the one that australia won <laughs> australia won at um five nil was the was the whitewash did you go over for it no no, no it was in it was in australia oh, it was yeah, of course yeah, so yeah. i was just doing live coverage for that and um, always wanted to be a cricket reporter. And then you know what it's like at the Telegraph. Mm. You get sucked into the rugby league vortex when you're there. Um, so I ended up switching over to rugby league. Won our Supercoach League in the first year. And so it all went from there. But back in those days, I was a cricketer. I was a wicketkeeper who batted number 11. No. So I was one of those, one of those uh, cricketers, like an old school 1910s, 1920s <laughs> guy who just got picked on glove work alone. Yeah, oh mate, there's still a few of them going around. Coming off Supercoach Big Bash, there's a few of blokes that are still in there that, you know, they'll open up the battle bat at three or four, let's call them Harry Nielsen, who you, you pick Harry every Nielsen. year for some reason on the double and then remember that he can't bat and he's there for his glove work. <laughs> uh, mate, I actually played a game of cricket with you down at Bradman over one year, a News yeah. Corp game, and you took the gloves off for a few overs and took about five for five. No, it wasn't even five for five. It was about five for two in about three overs. I got three for none off nine balls <laughs> to win us the game. I do remember that, but you got a 50 and like probably two wickets, three wickets I was as hoping well. you were going to plug you that, were, yeah, you I was were to. <laughs> you were man of the match in that game. It was some, sti it was some so, stiff opposition, wasn't it? Was it was pretty much just the Williams and Sangster show down there at Bradman Oval. <laughs> um, mate, and early on in Supercoach, you had, uh, in your early days of it, you had a really, a bit of a bumpy year, hey? Big uh, overall finish? I got, n uh, the highest I finished, I think, is 92nd, mm. pretty early on. And then I've just been gradually going down, down, down since then. Um, I claim that it's because there's so much good information out there yep. that everyone knows too much. People are stealing your good stuff, yeah. putting in their own teams. It gets boring for you. You have to go pods and it just goes all downhill from there, mate. That's what I'm claiming. Uh, mate, uh, also, so... How have you found it being the face of Supercoach over the years? So it's you're obviously, and we'll get to the uh, we'll get to the trolls in a minute. But you know, every time anything happens in Supercoach, it's straight to Tom Sangster on Twitter and commenting about him, and it's his fault and this and that. It's good fun because yeah. people think that I have this amazing amount of power to change scores during the games and mm. unicorn points and all this sort of stuff. Uh, it's not like that at all. It's honestly not like that You're at convinced, all. convinced, Timmy? I, I'm not but convinced. I, but I, I do well, love that people think that I can change this stuff. Yeah, I haven't been convinced for 10 years, but I mean, the ranks, people just need to look at your ranks and go like, clearly he's not getting too much of a hand. <laughs> yeah, early six. Nah, mate, as I said, I, I've learned everything I know from you. And so, that's the thing. It's, I, I love watching it unfold. Uh, obviously, I copped, not the direct messages, but I, I saw them when I worked there and had to deal with a few of the issues around Supercoach. And to be honest, there was very few of them, but it's so funny. As Desi said, the unicorn points are the funniest ones. It's, it's when they say that. And uh, Cam Smith comes to mind back in the day when he was the king of the unicorn points. And every time he'd get them in the final updates, it was just, oh, Sangster obviously captained him this week. And... <laughs> There's some serious conspiracy theorists out there, that's for sure. Not mm. just in Supercoach, but around the world. Yeah. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, they're the loudest voice. Yeah. But most people are great. I think 
the, the funniest moment I've had was when I was at the Dally M Awards and this is at the after party. So, you know, everyone's quite lubricated. <laughs> and uh, Brett Morris comes up and goes, Sangster, super coach is effed. <laughs> It's <laughs> like so you need to get wingers more points. Did he the really? Wingers, yeah, the wingers are getting dudded here. That's so beamers. So oh. that's yeah, that's that's probably the uh, he's the funnest troll I've ever had. The be- when when did Beamos retire? Was it like twenty twenty or twenty? He went on for a while. Yeah, this is this is a long. I'm yeah. talking like probably. Oh, Probably still at the Dragons. Already. Yeah, because in the modern day of, of Supercoach, where like outside backs have been benefited in the scoring, there's been the high scores, particularly that 2021 year with the you know the blowout score lines. Tommy Trevojevic averaged like 140. Beamos on the wing for the Roosters that year would have had a field day. 100%. He would have benefited a lot recently. Uh, but look, it's not really the Supercoach rules that have changed so much. It's the Volandi's ball, basically. Yeah, yeah. which has forced yeah. changes within Supercoach. Yeah. Mm. And, mate, you'd have to have a thick skin, a genuinely thick skin to do your job at times. As you said, it is a real minority. Like, the, the, the voice is the loudest in, in the minority on uh, social media and that sort of thing. But, mate, you, you cop some grief for absolute ridiculous, absurd reasons. Uh, how have you found that over the years? Oh, it's fine. Like, people face-to-face, if you go out to the pub or, like, you know, at a restaurant or whatever, people are absolutely fine. But then when you've got people behind the keyboard on social oh. media, then it's a whole nother story. But they'd never say that stuff to you face to face. So, mm. no, it's, it's, it's fine. So they pay you it's well a, enough. That's what you're saying. <laughs> no, <laughs> you well it's fine. Like, it's just, it's just part of the, just yeah. what happens. When you cop an insult from a bloke with his pitcher's Tom Trebojevich and he's got some fake name. Yeah. Um, like, that sounds like Desi. Oh, yeah. Like Desi Hasler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, you sort of sit there and go, you know what? If you're going to give it to me, warranted, but like, use your real name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And mate, Supercoach this season, uh, no major change, sorry, one major change, and it's around uh, the buy and origin period. So obviously we've got three major buy rounds this season with the Dolphins in the competition. Uh, around those, the way you've done it, uh, those at Supercoach headquarters have said, on those three major buy weeks, you get 13, your top scoring 13 players as opposed to previous years where obviously it was however many you could get up to 17, which no one ever had more than 17 anyway. So uh, what ignited that change? Well, it's just, it's all about getting people playing for longer. Uh, obviously, hardcore players are always involved in going hard in those buy rounds, mm. but the stats show that there's a massive drop-off with uh, casual players over those rounds, and particularly head-to-head players as well, where they'll essentially just throw that round um, so we want to get people more engaged, essentially. So best 13 instead of best 17. And there's been a little bit of flack from a few of the hardcore players, mm. but generally the feedback's been pretty good. Um, and realistically, I don't know about you, but how often do you actually get 17 players on the park for the buy rounds? And it's going to be harder again this year because you actually have a buy every round with the Dolphins being mm. in the uneven number of teams. So uh, the response has actually been pretty good. Mm-hmm. And um, it's created a bit of a buzz around Supercoach. We're 60% head for, ahead for sign-ups. So awesome. on this rate, we're going to have 200,000 people playing this year, which is not yeah. going to happen. It's going to drop off at some Just stage. Just another 50k but it's been a strong to try and beat. Um, and I'm with you, Matt. I don't think it's going to be – we spoke about it on last week's podcast, but as big a change as we think it's going to be. And they said because there's three major buy-ins to contend with this year as opposed to the two, plus those one-week buys in between every single round – like, if you're getting more than 13, you're doing really well. And I think it's easy for us hardcore coaches, and sorry to rattle on about what I spoke on last week's podcast, but 
to get too involved in what's the best for the elite coaches, like surely the best thing for the game and for the hardcore players for the game is to get more people involved and to avoid those zombie teams for the whole season. Desi, how do you, what's your take on it? Do you think the game's going to change much as a result? I don't think so. No, I was listening to you boys talk about it last week. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. I, I just don't see it being as big a deal as people think. I think the way they've done it is pretty, pretty spot on. You can't do much more. We're adding a team. There's got to be a change. I think this is the best way to do it. It's been going on in AFL for a long time and a lot of other fantasy sports as well. So we're pretty happy with the change. And look, there are some hardcores out there who are not that into it. They want to make the game as hard as possible. But at the end of the day, we've got to think about the masses as well as the hardcores as well. No, I'm all for it, mate. I'm like, you know, the overall, sorry, the hardcore players might drop just a handful of ranks on average per season as a result of it being slightly easier as i said i honestly think there's still a lot of benefit for the hardcore players to navigate those buy rounds but it's not going to be too dramatic and it's it's not going to make much of a difference but people stay involved uh for the longevity of it uh very good mate so guys also the sc playbook subscription package of course available this season the nrl package 40 dollars to sign up the full package for our nrl afl and big bash content is 50 dollars for the entire season for 12 months, I should say. Uh, That gives you access to our additional premium articles every single week on the website, access to our WhatsApp groups, one for the subscribers and contributors to chat, give feedback around teams, uh, and another for the contributors only where you get to see our last-minute trade plans, our discussions that we have, tactics, all that sort of thing. Uh, WhatsApp this season has communities. It's a bit better than what it had last year. It's an update to the application, so you can have threads and that sort of thing. So jump in if you have subscribed request access to it and we'll, uh, we'll get you into that one i'll also be doing a q a each and every week of the season a few through pre-season as well a few of them via video or going to plan uh plenty more incoming this season head to the menu on site at scplaybook.com.au and find the subscribe tab there to do that fellas let's get stuck into the first of our squad previews for the season and we'll start with the defending champions the penrith panthers i've put my starting 17 for round one together and it reads dylan edwards at fullback, Brian To'o, Sunia Taruva on the wing in place of Taylor May, who misses the first two weeks due to suspension from the World Cup, I believe it was. Stephen Crichton and Isaac Tungo at centre. Jerome Luai, Nathan Cleary in the halves. Moses Leota, James Fisher-Harris up front with Isaiah Yo at lock. Liam Martin with new recruit Luke Garner in the back row, uh, on the edges, I should say. Mitch Kenny at nine. He replaces, obviously, Appy Corusau there. Sonny Luke, the new name on the bench in the hooking rotation there, along with Spencer Lenny, Scott Sorensen and Matt Eisenhuth. Draw the first 10 rounds of the season. The article's on site, but I've done a, a brief little summary on that of who they play. First five rounds, I've rated their draw a 3 out of 10 in terms of one being the most difficult. So a tough start to the year. Uh, Desi, I'll start with you, mate. Brian Toto, 624k. He's a bloke locked into my starting side for now. Not as popular as I thought he was. I think he's about 20% on the official Supercoach website. Uh, what's your take on him? Um, I'm going to get him, for sure. Mm. Uh, I think 624k is a fair price for him. He wasn't that good last year, but he was obviously playing injured. Um, mm. The same goes for guys like David Fafita and Staggs. I think they're going to step up this year. Um, we've seen them be guns in the past. I think we could see a big resurgence in centre wing scoring. Um, I think Bizar could get back to that, you know, 70-point mm. average. Um, and Penrith, you're probably looking at your, your premiers again in that, in that team. <laughs> I, I don't think they've lost much, seriously. Uh, mm. With Kicks and Coruscant gone, they're, they're still looking super good. They've got the depth. I think, you know, they'll come out of the blocks hard and fast. 
So he had Tommy that anomaly of a season. Well, sorry, it was an anomaly of a season in 2021 where the Supercoach records were busted. Uh, Toto averaged 84 points. Outside of that, last season and the two seasons before, he averaged around that 58 to 60 mark. So coming off two back-to-back, obviously, premierships, you know, is there a case to say that that was an outlier, that 84-point season, or is he a bloke that you're keen on for round one? Look, I think that season was an outlier. We can all agree there were a lot of guys who just went well in that season. Having said that, to, oh, he's a, he's a guy I'm considering. It just depends how much money you want to sa- spend at centre wing and how many cheapies come along in that position because a lot of good cheapies yeah. generally do come along in that spot. I've got... I, I could make a case for one expensive centre winger, maybe two, and then see what happens from there. But if the cheapies come along in there, then I'm going to have to cut someone, and Tuo could be that guy. I don't know where he's going to play. Is it going to be the right? Is it going to be the left? Mm. If he's on the left, does um, like Viliami Kikau is obviously a, a good ball-playing guy out on that edge. Is Lugana going to do the same and set up tries for him as well? Um, a lot of question marks for me. He's certainly not locked into my team, but he's a guy I'm considering. And the makeup of this Penrith outfit this year, with it's how key a man for the army kicker was to that entire side and their structure, we're about to find out because I suspect Luke Garner comes in and starts on the left edge. There's a bit of chat that it might be Hosking, there's a bit of chat that it might be Scott Sorensen, but I think Garner's ready made to come in there. The, so I, Toto may start the first two rounds on Taylor and May's wing on the left, and then when May comes back, he moves back to the right. Um, Last year, we would have said on the left, definitely a better spot to be because Kikau used to run that sweet line out the back of Tungo, who'd run that decoy, and they just carved up. So that takes me to the next bloke, and it is Isaac Tungo, a bloke the Guru's really keen on as a pod early in the season at 627k. Now, the logic, we've sort of had a bit of chat about that on beers and break-evens, and is that Kikau used to run the sweep out wide, whereas Luke Garner is a hard line running. He'll run a hard line off Jerome Luai, which should, in theory, join the defenders, open up the space out wide for Tungo, uh, and I suppose the left edge winger as well. Is Tungo someone you'd be keen on, Desi? Because, I mean, I could be wrong, but I suspect maybe he starts in a fair bit of pod range. And the other one touching on that structure and no kick-out is that because maybe Liam Martin becomes arguably the more dominant edge back row in the team, does that right edge of Nathan Cleary start seeing more ball? Uh, so where do you sit on Isaac Tungo? Yeah, I, I, I just don't think you can have him. At, he's more expensive than, than Bizzo. Mm. It's, it's a bit ridiculous. Uh, he's just not as tried and tested. He's had one good season. You know, it was a very good season, undoubtedly. Um, but can he, can he replicate it? He's probably a bit, a bit too expensive to start with for mine. Um, I, I think, yeah, as Sankster said, there's going to be cheapies around. You don't want to pay 400k extra for someone like Tungo, who's going to probably average 60 at best. Mm. He's one that I'm happy to... The talent's obviously there where he could come out and just blitz it. His base was 34 last season, and we thought that he wasn't getting a lot of ball. So if he gets more ball on the edge... Tommy, can you make a case for him? Uh, not really, no, to be honest. I'd be taking 2-0 before, um, before him. Second-year syndrome is a, is a real thing. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, it all depends on how many cheapies come along at Santa Wing. And then your whole balance of your team basically hinges on that mm. because you can spend a bit of money, money there, uh, but if the cheapies come along, then you've got to fill that position with a lot of them as well. Tommy, Luke Garner, like we just touched on at 435k, is one that I've been on really keen all season. I love him. I think he's an absolute gun. I think he's at great value. He averaged 
what do you have? Last, in 2020 and 2019, he averaged 56 and 58 for the Tigers in 72 and 62 minutes, respectively. He's priced on a 41-point average in 66 minutes for the Tigers last season. He now moves to arguably the best attacking edge in the NRL or thereabouts. I only see upside there. I put this article up during the week and there was a bit of flack that, not a bit of flack, a few very valid questions that people saying they thought maybe Scotty Sorensen would get the role. Uh, people were saying, you know, Zach Hosking from the Broncos might get the role. I think it's Garner's 80-minute role or at least sort of 65. How do you see it playing out? That's the issue. Does he go straight into an 80-minute role or does he just stay at the same minutes as he had at the Tigers? Either way, I can't see him regressing at all. I think yeah. he will improve. It's just a matter of how much he's going to improve. Will he be one of the buys of the year? There's a chance he could be. Uh, I certainly don't think he's going to let you down. He's in my team for now. I, you know, you've got to get these guys who are almost guaranteed to improve in price. And he's one of those guys that you, can, you think he's... He's definitely got more in him for this year. Five tries at the Tigers last year. Yeah. Imagine what he can do at the Panthers. That's it. I think I'm with you. You look at their average from last season, and he's a bloke that even in 60 minutes, I really don't see him regressing at the Panthers. Desi, Luke Garner, yes or no for you? It's a no-brainer, seriously. Mm. You, I think you have to start with him. I think he'll be one of the highest owned players come, come round one. We're all looking for the mid-range front row forward option that's potentially undervalued. Uh, just to plug a hole early in the season before we upgrade to Tino Fasua Malawi, Joe Tapani, these sorts of blokes. Desi, is James Fisher-Harris at 568k any of any interest to you? He kind of was last year. He's always thereabouts, but uh, yeah, as you can see there, he, he doesn't go over 65 points mm. too often. The ceiling's not there. But, you know, you don't really need the ceiling in front row forward, but it's not going to be a position I'm going to pay up for this season. I think the salary constraints are going to be very testing to start here. Um, so, yeah, front row forward for me, I'm just going to neglect it. Yeah, I'm similar. There, there, there's one front row forward that I'm looking to fork out a bit more money for, and that's Ruben uh, Cotter. I was about to say Ruben Garrick. Uh, Ruben Cotter, we'll get to him in a few weeks, but I, I do like Ruben Cotter this season to start. On the cheapy scene, Tommy, Mitch Kenny, Sonny Luke. Kenny at 310k, Sonny Luke at 234k. Basement price this year is 200,000. Yep. A few red flags there just in that shared role for me. Yeah, so I was have been speaking to a lot of people about this actually, and I've got it on good authority that Kenny starts but doesn't play many minutes. He essentially tackles and passes for the first, let's say, twenty minutes, and then, Sonny, with, yeah. and then Sonny Luke plays mass, massive minutes after that. So the exact role he played happy last season, back end of in, last season. In my team, currently on the site that hasn't been updated in a week, <laughs> I have Mitch Kenny, but I've switched to Sonny Luke. He's a fair bit cheaper, um, and looks like he's going to be playing big minutes there so he could be one of the cheapest of the season I know it's probably only 50 minutes and and you do want your hookers playing bigger minutes than that but at that price I can't see him going down so Sonny Luke is in Mitch Kenny's out for me so while we've got you here mate if Sonny Luke's in that's good information because at 234k essentially bottom dollar we know he's got some attacking upside to him in a mm. yeah in maybe a 55 to 60 minute role based on that information it makes him appealing. Um, who are you partnering with him at Hooker? I've got Harry Grant in there. I'm willing to pay up big yep. for Harry Grant. I think he's the best player in that position by a fair way. With no Brandon Smith there as well, I think he only takes on more responsibility. They won't be tempted to play him at halfback, for example, <laughs> yeah. this year like they did last year. Yeah. I reckon he just plays Hooker. And hopefully as many minutes as he can handle 
averaged 76 last year and I, I think he'll be up there around that again obviously if the storm are ahead he might get an early shower but if the storm are ahead he's probably got two or three try assists as well yeah and also i suspect the storm maybe not as i know they didn't exactly kill it last year but probably not as dominant this season I, i'm having it too so happy to brush brandon smith yeah brandon smith's not in for me i'm not buying into the hype that much averaged it's a strange one because he averaged about 50 minutes last year but it was switching up between back row a little bit of hooker as well i don't quite know what my read is on him um if we get good mail that he's going to play 80 mm. minutes then i'd be definitely keen on him not sure that's going to happen though we'll have to see what's who's on the bench and what's going to happen there but um for me i think you go the cheapy sonny luke and then just lock in your gun harry grant from the start of the year Mate, uh, I'll fully uh, back you up and that you have a lot less say over at Supercoach HQ than, than everyone thinks you do. But if there's any power you've got there, can you get him dual get position him for us? Mate, you know whose fault this was? Because I was on paternity leave when all this was going yeah. down. So Rob Sutherland did the positions. So hit him up on Twitter now. I'll, I'll, put, the, <laughs> I'll put his phone number <laughs> in the comments. Hit him, hit phone number yeah. in the comments. Hit up Rob Sutherland and Wilson Smith. They made that decision. Yeah, and, and Rob's... But, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with the decision. Yeah, yeah, Rob, Rob, I, just, I just want to drop. Rob, just Rob, drop Rob's Robbie just one of them blokes who's just, he just wants to make it as hard and miserable for everyone as he can, isn't he? He wants to cause drama. He does, he, he loves he it. He loves the drama. Yeah. Okay. It really fires him up. And he'll just argue a point, even if he doesn't agree yeah. with something, he'll argue it. Because he was a former lawyer, of course, yeah. so he just loves loves arguing, loves a fight. A lot of listeners are pretty active on Twitter, and, and they'll have seen Rob Sutherland on there, so... Give him an absolute yeah, spray. He won't, have listen, he won't have listened to this, I, I don't think. So just give it to him. He won't know where it's coming. Don't even mention SC Playable. Just give it to him. Yep. Uh, yep. And Desi, the last one there, just quickly, Taruva on the wing. Taylor Mays back round three. He's got to be one you just wait on. If he happens to jade that third round for whatever reason due to an injury uh, in the outside backs, you could jump on him then. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Okay. Uh, moving on to the mighty Canberra Raiders. Again, a, a pretty tough draw to start the season. I've got them a four out of ten uh, on the toughness scale. Xavier Savage at fullback, Nick Kotrick, Jordan Rapana on the wing, Seb Chris, Matty Tomoko in the centres, Jack White and Jamal Fogarty in the halves. The front row, Joe Tapney, Josh Papali, Danny Levi uh, has been tipped to start at hooker for the Raiders next season. Hudson Young, Elliot Whitehead on the edges. The lock roll is the big one to keep an eye out for this season because Corey Hallsborough, Emre Gula has apparently had a big, big preseason, is in the contention to start there. And the one that we all want, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's Corey Harawira Naira, who's very cheap. And if he could get bigger minutes this year, one to look out for. Tommy Starling on the bench with CHN, Gula and Trey Mooney. Uh, another one to keep out for at the Raiders is last year's New South Cup player of the Atta Mariota. So I believe it's down to him and Trey Mooney to get that final bench spot at the Raiders. A lot can change between now and then with the trials. Uh, a bit of relevance, uh, relevance, I should say, at the Raiders, Desi. And the first one is Joe Tappany at 700k. A few stats around him. He's started last year with a 57.3 average in 48 minutes across the first 10 rounds. From there, and anyone who didn't own him would know, he just went bonkers. In his next nine games, averaged 82.8 with one try in that period. He scored two tries all season. Uh, he's obviously got every bit of trust from Ricky Stewart that he may not have had in the past. He's priced on a 66-point average. Could you pay up for him at front row? Like I said, I'm not that keen to buy front rowers this season. Um, you know, it was a bit of a disaster position for me last season. I mocked around with Haas and never got top any. 
Um, so yeah, scarred. I, yeah, I'm a bit scarred, but six ninety nine. He's probably a fair price. I can see why people would do it. You can just set him, forget him. Um, he's uh, he's not going to play over the Origin period, so it's yeah. You know, you're getting you're getting a pretty good value player for for the price tag, but I'm just yeah, I'm going to use it elsewhere. I think. Tommy front row is a position that I've never really paid up for early in the season because. It's not a position where I see myself getting hurt if I don't go the top dollar players. Or if you don't go a top dollar half or fullback and everyone else owns them, they can go 150, 150, and it's like, all right, season done, see you next year. But it doesn't really happen at front row. Tappany's a bit of an exception to this rule in that he's got probably the biggest ceiling for a front row. Are you interested? I'm interested, for sure. Yeah. And a lot of super coaches are. He's really popular. He's the most popular gun prop going around in the game. For me, I'm a bit like you, Des. I, I'm not sure if I want to spend that big at prop. It's a weird position this year because you had Isaiah Papali'i last year. Yes. You just lock in and barely played at prop, of course, mostly playing on the edge. You don't have him this season. Then you've got someone like Payne Haas who I have – He's not well-owned at all, and I have absolutely no idea what he's going to produce after all the drama that he's had over yep. the off-season. So he actually comes in at a pod level for him. Uh, so he's tempting just on the fact yeah. that a lot of people don't own him. Tapanay's good. As you say, he's got the, the ceiling. Do I want to spend big in that position? Oh, look, it's up in the air. It'll depend how many cheapies come along, to be honest. Yep. But I do want at least one gun prop in that spot. Yeah, I'm a no for now. I'm just hoping he starts the season uh, very well for the Raiders, but not statistically in a supercoach sense. Uh, just a slowish start, and then I can one of my mid-range front rowers who we'll get to sort of in coming weeks at who I'm looking at, but go them to taps as soon as I can. If he comes out and goes 90-90 in base stats and a few offloads and tackle breaks, we'll make the move. Uh, next on this, Hudson Young, Desi at 700k. 13 tries in 22 games last year. It was a really, real breakout year for him. A base of 41, which isn't outstanding. It'll take a fair bit to match that and, and to say that he's starting at any sort of value for me. Yeah, I mean, he's probably in the exact same boat as Tops for me. Um, he, he seriously could. He's that sort of player. He could go on a, on a run again, kind of like Nanai. Mm. Uh, he's just super dangerous in attack. I can see... You know why you'd pay 700k for him? He, he's a serious pod to start with, but you've got guys like David Fafita for the same price. I think he's a bit more destructive of a player. Um, but yeah, uh, I can see. Yeah. I can see why people would get him. Tommy Hardo, very, very expensive for me, given that um, he doesn't have the pedigree that a lot of guys do in that position. Mm. You got Cameron Murray and David Fafita, who's got massive upside. Sean Lane too, like for relatively similar prices. So he's a bit of a he's a pod. He's a pod, but he's not um, he's not a guy I'm considering to be honest. Yeah, I, I think you know just the pedigree there in guys like. Sean Lane, oh, in saying that, Sean Lane really busted out his Supercoach season last year, but, you know, Sean Lane, Angus Crichton, Dave Feeder, I suppose, to a lesser degree as well, but uh, can you do it again as a Raiders fan? I hope so, and if you want to go on him early as a pod, go for it, because there is a lot of upside to him, he's a gun, but uh, just a lot of tries to back up. Mid-rangers, Jack Wyden, 551k, uh, I wish I didn't have to say this each and every year, but Jack Wyden is the Darren Lockyer of the modern <laughs> era of Supercoach. His, his ability doesn't translate to Supercoach scoring. The Raiders have a tough draw to start the season. The year he won the Daly M, he averaged 58 points. 
says it all. Yep. He's never averaged over a 58. The so Darren Lockyer or the Cooper Cronk. The, the Cooper the Cronk. Coach. Exactly yeah. right. So if not he kicked for, goals, he'd, he'd be okay. Exactly right. Well, that, it yeah. shoots him from a you know mid 50s average to 65-70, doesn't yep. it? So. Uh, I won't go too much into detail with him because there's a lot to play out, but Corey Horsburgh at 505k and Emre Gula at 342k. Big watch through the preseason. Let's see how the side is named in round one. I suspect it'll be Tommy Starling on the bench with three big boys, but there could be minutes there additionally from last season, hopefully for super coaches, it's Emre Gula because at 342k, he's a bloke with... He doesn't have the upside and probably quite the base of Corey Horsburgh, but he's also 160k less. So one that I'll definitely be considering. And Corey Harawira Naira, if there's an injury on the edge and he becomes an 80-minute player, he'll be straight into my team because he's so good. Obviously, Adam Elliott gone from that side this season opens that opportunity up. On the cheapy front, Tommy, Danny Levi, 329k. I just think it's a sh- even if he does land it, it'll be a shared role with Tommy Starling. Uh, and then the two cheapies to keep an eye out on are obviously Trey Mooney and Adam Mariota at 234k. They will be tempting, but then again, there's still like how many minutes in this Raiders pack is there? Yeah, look, I mean, if they score a bench spot, you have to consider them. It depends mm. how many other cheapies come along what as well. What the scene looks like. I'll, yeah, I like your call on um, Mariota, but I, I, Danny Levi is definite no. You've got Sonny Luke as the gun cheapie in that position, I think. It's going to take a lot to not pick him for round one. Yeah, the two things uh, about about the, the the two cheapies there, they're both very good. I've seen them play a lot of New South Wales Cup. Trey Mooney killed it in New South Wales 19's Origin last year. There's upside to them. They're not just big boppers who will get a few base stats. That there's like attacking upside to them. So uh, I don't mind them. Guys, Paddy and George are back on board at SC Playbook for 2023. You've been listening to them talk a lot about home loans over the last 12 months on this show. Most probably, you're sitting there thinking they're way off being in that position in life. That's irrelevant to them. So, the boys, they can get you a loan for pretty much anything you want. It doesn't have to be a house. If Santa brushed you for a PS5 this year, maybe the toolbox needs an upgrade. Your boss is too stingy to chip in. Patty and George can make the dream a reality. And the best part, best part, I should say, no more sacrificing your avocados for two-minute noodles because the $129 fee is waived for the consult when you mention SC Playbook. Absolute bargain. It's better than a bargain. It's free. The loans are quick and easy with the money dropping in your pocket within days. After a few years of COVID causing us a bit of grief, treat yourself in 2023 and shoot them a message on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. Also, you can jump into any of our articles on the SC Playbook website. They've got the email there, phone contact, QR code if you're feeling funky, all that sort of stuff. So give them a buzz today. Uh, boys, moving on to the next side, and it is the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Early season draw. It's another tough one. Doggies by Eels, Rabbits, Knights, Panthers, Storm. Three out of ten for me. That is taking into account the Panthers and Storm in round six and seven. Uh, the side there, Tom Travoyevich, we hope, well, I think we hope, at number one to start the year. Christian Tui-Pilotto or Jason Saab on the wing. I'm not real sure which way they'll go at this stage, along with Ruben Garrick. Tolotau Kola and Brad Parker at centre. Josh Schuster, the cheapy 5'8". Daly Cherry Evans at halfback. Josh Aloi, Taniela Paseca in the front row, Lockie Croker at hooker. Tigers recruit Kelma Tuilangi in the back row with Hamole Olakwatu and Jake Trebojevic. The bench, this could go one of a lot of ways, but Ben Trebojevic as the utility. Uh, Toa Sipley, Sean Kepi and Ethan Bullimore. Boys, he was the biggest talking point of last season, pre-season I should say, and he's probably the biggest talking point of this pre-season. Desi, you're a manly diehard. Tommy Turbo, 577k. My suspicion is that with Manly having the buy in round two, 
they will rest him round one and bring him back round three, provide he's, three, provide he's good to go, even if he was good for round one. Let's say, if that happens, no one will be starting with him. So let's say that he's starting round one for Manly. Is he in your team? Absolutely. I, th- I think I'm, I'm almost going to get him anyway, even if he's uh, not playing round one. I just want him in. You'll start I, I, with If they say he's good to go round three, but we're going to take that extra two weeks, you'll start with him in your team to save the trade? Uh, yeah, I almost might. I almost might. I know a lot of people will go Luchel and then they'll downgrade to Turbo when he's back. But I don't know if I, I can be bothered. Seriously, I'd, you know, Luchel's could start very slowly. You know, I got him at the right time last year. He's very, mm. you know, you need to get him when he's in form. We don't know if any of these guys are in form. Um, but we've seen Turbo start the season on fire before, so I'm hoping that he can replicate that again. And he's gone and got the best treatment on, in the off-season. So, you know, l- let's just keep our fingers crossed and hope that he comes back and averages 140 again because I think Supercoach needs it. Manly need it. Rugby league needs <laughs> yeah. it. Rugby league needs Tommy Turbo fit. Uh, Tommy, Tommy. He's in for me now, yeah. So story coming. It's not live, is it? I don't want to blow anyone's thunder. Bulldog Richie's thunder. Not live, mate. Bulldog, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Bulldog um, won't hold it. There is you. a story coming in the Daily Telegraph tomorrow that uh, he's right to go for round one. He will play round one, and there was a bit of chat floating around that he might start at centre to ease his way in. Mm. That's not going to happen. It's full back <laughs> on nothing. It's full back on nothing. So for me, he's in. I can't ignore that price. He's 700k cheaper than he was at the start of last year. <laughs> That's outrageous. Even with that round two buy, I, I, yeah. I think it's worth the risk. It's Tommy Turbo. Uh, he's in my team, particularly with that scoop from Bulldog Richie today. And you know what else? That's massive news, by the way. The other thing with that is if Manly thought they needed to take the extra two weeks and only miss one game due to that round two buy, they would have. So there's got to be some degree of confidence in there that you know he's obviously... 100% or as close as Tommy can get to 100% yeah. to go for round one. Yeah, well, he's back from the US. Um, by all reports, that went pretty well over there, working on his hammy. Um, look, you never know. It's risky. But at that price, I mean, he's such a ridiculous price. Um, everyone would be on if you didn't have that buy in round two. Mm. I feel like that's the biggest issue with Turbo. Not The injuries aren't even the biggest issue. It's that buy in round two. But is it like, what is it? He's 577K, so he's priced on... He averaged 61 last season because he played limited games. He's priced on a 55-point average. Yeah. I know 2021 was a ridiculous year, but he averaged almost triple that. Like, at 577K, I am more than happy that if he comes out and does his hammy or peck, whatever he's in round one, to swallow my pride and go, I stuffed up, I shouldn't have taken the risk, move him on to someone else. Yep, it's a pretty easy trade. Got to do it. Um... Josh Schuster, 241k, dual 5'8", second row forward. I suppose, can you make any case not to start with him? No, I think I think he's just bargain basement price. He, we know what he can produce, you know, mm. he can he can boss tackles. Um, but yeah, he could, he could produce anything, seriously. So if he does make some coin, you could probably flip him, you know, hopefully he makes 200, 300k and then you can him up from there he's probably not a keeper though but you never know if manly start clicking um got we've got two lungy i'm i'm keen to see what he's got he's he's pretty well priced as well at 420k so i suppose the better question is do you have him in at five eight or second and i know cheapies will have an impact on this round one but do you have him at second row or five eight in your team i've got him at five eight but i can see why people would want two gun five eights mm. you know people want monster or brown alongside dewey and burton there's so many good options 
So I can see why people would push him up to second row, but I've got him 5-8. I'm leaning towards second row at this point to get those two high ceiling 5 eights. I've got my own Matty Burton and Adam Dewey. I'm struggling to split them, so I'm thinking just get them both and save the hassle. Tommy, what are you, where have you got him at the moment? Yeah, Schuss is in there in the back row for me. I want to stack fullback and both half yeah. positions. And I've currently got Katoa in there from the Dolphins. He's not going to play around one, so he's a placeholder for now. So he could easily become uh, Josh Schuster. Yeah. But Schuster's... He's a must-have. He's, he's fit. He's, uh, he's looking good at training. He's got so much talent. Last year was bad for him because of injury, and then he came back really underdone. But this is the year where he needs to bust out with Kieran Foran Gorn. Uh, he's the most popular player in Supercoach, and you can't, you can't not pick him, to be honest. Potential to be a keeper, likely. He averages 50 to 60 and makes you a ton of cash. Worst-case scenario, he averages 15 again. Won't happen. Um, barring getting benched and playing 10 minutes and he keeps his price like you just have to have him in your team now not a heap else going on at Manly so we could touch on Sipley, Kepi a few of these cheapies um, but I think we've just got to see how the trials play out how the round one team plays out in terms of that scene so we'll talk about that later on in the preseason when we get a better idea of those, those sort of blokes I know Kepi's quite popular at 275k um, with a few minutes around there can you make a case, Tommy, for Daly Cherry Evans at 693k or Hamole Olakawatu at 682k? DC is obviously for anyone looking to maybe antipod, God forbid, Nathan Cleary, but I know a lot of thinking of the Nico Hines antipod. Yeah, with that buy in the second round and the really tough schedule, so the 13th best schedule of, um, according to Rob Sutherland's analysis, <laughs> um, which is basically in line with your analysis as well, I don't think you'd be going with DCE to start. You got to, if you're going to pod there, you've got to go get a guy with a good schedule to start. Tommy, over to your Dragons, mate. And their side I've got with Tyrell Sloan at number one, uh, Matt Fenai and Michaeli Ravalawa on the wings, Moses Sully, Zach Lomax at centres. Jaden Sullivan in the hearts with Ben Hunt. Obviously, Jaden Sullivan's got a little bit of a hammy issue there. So, cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> could, be, could be Moses Embi in the halves to start the season for your drags. Uh, Blake Laurie and, again, the, four, the front row rotation could be anything, but Blake Laurie, Zane Musgrove up front, Jacob Little at hooker, Jack Bird, Jaden Sewer in the back row with Jack DeBellin, a bench of Moses Embi, Michael Molo, Taro Fumayano, Aaron Woods, uh, and then Bird, Ben Murdoch Masila could be lurking around there somewhere as well. Mate, hard to get excited about your drags this year. I've tried to find something, but there's not a lot there. From a super coach perspective, first things first... Is there any light at the end of the tunnel? That can, can they bust into the finals somehow? Or like, what? Uh, give me something. Look, you know, it was relatively close to getting to the finals last year. Yeah. I'm banking on 11th. I reckon yeah. the Dragons will finish 11th. You'd take it. There's no real attacking upside in that team from a Supercoach perspective. Terrell Sloan's really popular, um, given that Cody Ramsey is out for the season, unfortunately. Mm. So Sloan slots in at fullback. Um, he will up his minutes, but he's not a super coach style of player. His work is is way down. His base, when you take into account negative stats, is almost in single figures. Yeah, he's not a super coach style player. So, um, look, I currently have him in my side, but I'm desperately waiting for another cheaper to come along. And then there's no other guys that tickle my fancy in that team at all, to be honest. Zach Lomax could be a guy who comes along at some stage. I'm certainly not going to start with him because I need to see. Uh, how he's playing and whether he's got his head screwed on this season. But he's the sort of guy who could be at a decent price at some stage and when he has a good run of games, um, get him in. 
Of course, they got the buy in round one too. So Dragons going to be so you won't know top, top of the yeah. ta- top of the table at oh the start God. of the season. Could you make a case for Jaden Sullivan three nineteen k if he's good to go? Dual five eight yeah. hooker depends on his hammy. Um, he's had a lot of hammy issues recently, so mm. I'd be worried. Um, look, it looks like he probably will be all right for round one, but again, there's a lot of risk there. Oh, we'll be right for round two, rather. Round two, yeah. Got and the, like the there's, a, round there's one. so many good 5.8 and, and hooking options. It's, yeah. yeah, it's an awkward price too. It's it is, it is a bit of an awkward price. Uh, Ontario Sloan, so his 80-minute games last season, 78, 26 with a try, 26, uh, an 89-minute game for 40 points, then 17 and 27 to end the season. So it's yeah, look, like his base is 13 per ba- game when yeah. you take into account the negative Actually, stats. I, I reckon so. he turns up. I started with him last season, um, and he, he had that amazing game in round one, I believe. Um, but I think I think he's got room to improve. You know, he's, you're saying his game's not you know, super coach conducive. He just hasn't had the opportunity yet, I don't think, and he's playing at a pretty average team, you'd have to say. That's why he's. Uh, if, if you yeah. put him That's why at, I'm, I'm mate, potting him. I look at my yeah. center wing and all the cheapies there. Uh, they all come from bad teams, mm. and that's my real issue with my team right now. You need yeah. guys at centre wing who have good schedules and are in good teams. Unfortunately, right now, all the cheapies in that position are from poor teams, like the Dolphins and the Dragons. And they've got a really good draw to start the season. Once that buy's done, they have one of the better draws to start yeah. the season. I know what's going to happen. He's going to come out, score a double in round two, then a double in round three. He'll be the most purchased player in Supercoach for round four, and he'll come out and go 20, 20, 20. You heard it here. There's first. a good chance. Yeah, there's a good chance that's of that happening. Because at the, end, at the end of the 2021 season, he came out and went in 80 minute games 35, 55, 43, 91, 95. And everyone just went, this bloke is just an attacking machine. Um, but if your team's battling, well, there's not much you can do, is there? So, you know, maybe if they show up in the preseason. Performing the charity shield, but I oh, just I struggle to make a case for him. Desi, is there anyone in that Dragons? Anyone else? You're starting with Sloan? Yeah, I'm starting with Sloan for sure. Mm. I did last year. I had to trade him out, obviously. I think I started with Lomax as well. I think he's always pretty pretty under-owned for what he can do. He didn't have the best season last year, and he still was averaging up there in the, in the 60s. Mm. So he's you know he's a centre-wing keeper. If the Dragons somehow find points, he's going to get the goal-kicking as well. Centre-wing he's, keeper? Lomax, always. Oh, Lomax, sorry, I thought you were talking about Sloan. No, 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 no. Lomax for sure. (laughs) Not not Sloan. Or not yet. In a few years, I reckon Mm. Sloan could be an absolute weapon. One day. One day he could be. I just don't hold your breath. Zach Lomax, and I'm with you. We we know how good he can. I mean, they were poor last year and he's still averaged well. He's 630k this season, but you just need to see the Dragons deliver something before that happens. Boys, let's jump into a few questions before we wrap it up for the podcast. Uh, and the first one, a really good one from Todd Greasley, and one that we're all asking. Tommy, I'll start with you. Is Nico Hines a must-have? <sighs> Even if he has a 70-point average, he says he's going to lose money. Is he in your team at the moment? He's in my team, yeah. I think you do need to go hard in the halves and at fullback. Mm. I think you need a good hooker in there as well. So he's in my side for now. I can see why people are a bit worried because he was so good last year. Um, and can he keep that up? I think he can because his base stats are so good for a halfback. You've got a guy who essentially runs the ball as much as any fullback. is essentially a fullback playing in a halfback yep. role. So he's in my team. I'm willing to pay for him. Uh, do I 
do I feel a little bit dirty about it? Yes, because it's a lot of money, but I'm still going to do it. Mm, I'm tinkering with the idea of it, and it's a case of if the cheapy scene's good enough, happily pay up for him, come round one. But if it's a little bit slimmer than we, we've sort of anticipated, I can see myself going against him. I wouldn't be happy about it. Desi, they start the season with games against the Rabbitohs, the Eels, the Raiders. So a tough first three rounds. Then does go into the Dragons and the Warriors into the bye. Um, can you see an antipod opportunity? You can. Of course you can. He's, he's the most expensive player. Um, as Sanger said, he gets most of his points in base stats, though. So it's, it's very hard to go against him. I think you probably need both him and Nathan off the start if you want to stay in contention and just rotate the captaincy off them. Um, I can't see any fullbacks outscoring these two guys again. Mm. I seriously think they'll be the top two scoring guys in Supercoach. Yeah. Um, a, a question from Dave Dawson. This is a big one for the preseason that a lot of people will ask. How much left in the cap before round one is good for Supercoach? Tommy, I'll start with you. And I, for starters, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer to it. But do you have a, a number that you sort of try and sit around? I mean, I've left a lot in there before, like a couple of hundred K mm. before. And then sometimes I'll spend my entire cap. Yeah. It just depends. I don't... Just depends whether cheapies come along, um, whether there are guys who you're thinking uh, that you just want to take a look at in round one as well. It's all up in the air. <laughs> look, I can't give you a, a good answer for that one, yeah. to be honest. Desi, any... Uh, I squeeze every last cent I can into the team. Yep. I just figure there's no point leaving money on the bench off the start. Um, it's good to have around the bye weeks. I think you need some money in the bank, but off the start, just spend it all on guys who are going to make the most money. It's that simple. Yeah. Uh, Tommy, mate, we're going to have to love you and leave you. You've got a, a family to look after, yeah. a, a Supercoach Empire to run. So <laughs> thank you very much for jumping on the podcast today. Mate, it's been my absolute pleasure. Great to meet you, Des. Cheers, Tommy. We'll catch you around, Timmy. Cheers, mate. Cheers, Tommy. Cheers. Desi, keep going. Uh, just my quick thoughts on that one. Again, no, no um, right or wrong answer to it. I like to keep 50 to 100K in my bank just for that all-important round two trades, yep. uh, just to have a little bit to play around with because I have been caught short in the past and gone, oh, I only want to make one trade this round, but I don't have the 30K to do it. And I've sat there and gone, it's just burnt. I've just, it's burning the back of my mind ever since. Just have a little bit in the cap. That being said, there's every chance you get to round one and you squeeze in this last extra gun into your team by a K. And if that's how it works out, it, that's how it works out. Yep. So again, no, no hard rule on that one. Desi, Samuel Shembri asks, is Val Holmes worth his big price tag considering their early draw? They have a starting draw to start the season, the Cowboys. Probably the easiest. They leave Queensland. They don't leave Queensland until round five, and I think they leave Queensland twice in the first eight rounds. How much is he? 724k. Well, yeah, I think, I think he probably is. He was one of the best centre wings last mm. season. But you can get Bizza for 100k cheaper. I think that's what I'm going to do. But I could see why people pay off for, for Val with that draw. Um, will the Cowboys regress? They might. I, I don't think they're going to come second again, to be honest. You know, I wasn't their biggest fan last year, and I said they'd get smashed in the finals. They, they put up a good fight, but I, yeah, I, I can see why you would start with him. I won't be doing it. I'm going to hope that the Cowboys regress. And, you know, good luck to anyone on, on Cowboys players. Yeah, look... I think they regress uh, as well, at least a little bit, not necessarily entirely, but starting the season against the Raiders, Broncos, Warriors, Titans, Dogs, Dolphins, Warriors and Knights. Six of eight in Queensland. This is where it's funny with with Val. Last season, he had four tonnes, but he also had eight scores under 50. Five of those were under 41 points. But... 
Jeez, he can hurt you. Like in that early round, I love what the Cowboys are doing out there. They seem like such a united club. They're so balanced on field. They've, you know, they haven't really lost. I don't know if they've lost anyone just about. Luciano Lelua, well, might be there. He's got some off field things to sort out first, but. like they could do, they should do well at very least through that first yeah, eight rounds. You'd expect so. So yeah, he's he's probably going to be quite highly owned. You'd expect. So maybe that maybe that's your antipod uh, on Val. I've, yeah, but with that draw, it's very hard to back against him. He's going you to be might have to just bite the bullet. He's going to be coming in and out of my team the entire preseason, and it's a lot of money to pay up, mate. Mm. Uh, what about from Kevin Miles? Reese Walsh, is he a smoky second fullback option for the first eight weeks? Brisbane have a great run besides the first game. What are your thoughts on Reese? Smoky is the right word. Uh, I just don't think I don't think you could risk it on him. There's mm. too many good fullbacks. Um, like, why would you get him when you can just get Turbo, realistically? He's, he's probably not going to yeah. click that, like, instantly at a new club. He might. You never know. Yeah, and, and I... I think Reese Walsh is going to just, you know, he's probably had his breakout year, but I think he's going to be a star this season. Really? I do. I just think he loses the goal kicking to Adam Reynolds. And mm. Brisbane is such a basket case at the moment. I just can't quite bring myself to do it. I, I think he's great value. I think there's upside to him. But Brisbane, I, I just can't trust what's going on up there. Uh, if they... If they'd had a, it's a wild place. It's a wild place. <laughs> Love to see it as a New South Welshman. Uh, I just think if they'd had a, a drama-free off-season, I'd be like, you know what? We saw what they could do last year, but oh, I just think not quite the risk for me. Mm. Stefano Utakamanu, another popular one. When we look at front row forward mid-rangers, uh, he's borderline cheapy, Stefano, to start the season. Pretty popular. He's in my side at the moment. I'm not convinced, but... He could just be a little plug there early on. The Tigers obviously recruited well in the pack. Do you have him in your side at the moment? I do, I do. Um, but yeah, obviously you'd rather Isaiah Papali mm. and John Bateman, but I just don't think you can you could probably get those guys yet. People will probably start with them, but it's it's so hard to pass pass up IPAP every single year. I'd, you know, he's he's worth the eight hundred and thirty k. He's just so consistent. Are you tempted um, by iPad? I seriously am. Yeah, I in think in the back row. I don't think he's gonna. Club. I don't think he's gonna regress at all. He's just a monster. <laughs> you get him the ball, he runs over people. That's what he does. It doesn't matter what shirt he's wearing. I mean, we had the same conversation last year, and no one started with him due to the price, and yeah. he killed us, and we were all scrambling. It's gonna be the exact same scenario. He's not gonna Ooh. go up or down in price. I'd say he just stays at that eight hundred k all year. But he's going from Parramatta to the Tigers. Yeah, but he just runs over people. You know, yeah. it's, it's like they're gonna, the Tigers will be better. They will be. They've got Bateman. They've got iPad. They've got some guys who can tackle. They're not going to be weak on the edges. They're not going to leak points. You can't run over people when he's sitting in his in goal all game waiting for conversions. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, yes, yeah, Stefano's the man right. from the Tigers. 30 points per game average in 33 minutes last season. 52 points per game in 45 the year before, in 2021. In that season, he had six tries, which... I look at it two ways. Part of me goes, all right, was that an inflated average? Another part of me goes, there's a decent enough ceiling to this bloke because yeah. he can score tries. What got Pete, he was quite cheap coming off injury to start 2021. I think I may have started with him and actually I can't remember what happened, but 2022 I should say. In 2021, the final eight games, he averaged 66 points per game. There were three tries in that time. 
And that's where everyone just went, oh, we've got a future Supercoach front row star in there. So there's a case for him. And at the price, he looks pretty good to me, mate. Uh, we'll go with one or two more questions before we wrap things up. Oh, Steve Green, how is the spy dealing with the 3,000% increase in attention now that he's been unmasked? <laughs> well, the answer, Steve, is the spy's brushes tonight. He, he had his posse or something. Someone recognised him in the street during the week and he said, I'm too good for you guys and don't have time for the podcast. So he's off partying in the eastern suburbs, probably with Matty Ryan, I don't know. But he's, uh, he might be too good for us these days, the spy after the unveiling. Now nah, he'll be back next week, the big fella. So. I, was, I was jealous of that unveiling. You know, I was going to bring in my sonnies today, but people already know what I look like. Oh. <laughs> well, mate, you're a poker player from uh, way back, so yeah, you were ready yeah. to go. For sure, for sure. Uh, and the last one from Matty Broom. Thoughts on Murata Niakora at 419k to start the season. Uh, an interesting one, mate. Obviously, the Warriors there. Now, moving to the, the Warriors, we expect him probably to play on an edge. Should be an increase in minutes. Uh, is there any love for you? He, so, the issue for me is never averaged over 44 points per game, or at least not in the last four or five years. He averaged 58 minutes in 2021 and averaged 41 points in that time. That was in a stronger side. Mm. Last year, he averaged 40 points per game in 44 minutes per game. So it'd suggest that he probably does need 65 to 80 odd minutes, doesn't he? What do you reckon? Yeah, but it's, it's tough with these guys sometimes. You said in a stronger side, but could a guy like Nick Horay score more in a week or so? Does side? he get more opportunity? Maybe, mate. Maybe, maybe. Um, does he make more tackles? Does his base stats go up because he's in a worse side? It could it could be the case. You never know. But I've I've personally never been a big fan of him. I've never he's never been on my supercoach radar at all. Look, he's a gun. I suppose the one thing in his favour. I'm just trying to we'll have a look at this off air, but trying to help which edge he plays. But if he runs off Sean Johnson, even though Sean Johnson is still getting on a bit, he's still a crafty ass ball player and. If he's doing that, like we've seen what SJ's done for his back rolls in the past. I think of Britain Nakora at the Sharks where he just, mate, just put him on a platter for him. Mm. Not for me at this stage. If we get confirmation of 65 to 80 minute roll pre-season on SJ's edge, I'll consider it. But uh, not for now, mate. Desi, let's wrap that one up for today. Thanks for your, your debut in the studio. Not too my bad. My pleasure, my pleasure. Thanks for cracking out the SC Playbook war chest and flying yeah. me down here yeah well, mate, don't get people too excited we had a 50 dollars flight from byron bay but uh we haven't booked the one back yet so we'll, we'll see what that costs because you might be walking mate yeah. uh that's right for the sc playbook pre-season episode two thanks guys for tuning in